For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. And a great, at least I hope it's a great Tuesday afternoon for you. Thank you for making us part of your day here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. Rick Uccino, SP3, with you guys for about the next 45 minutes or so. And we got a lot to dive into today as the Triple H era continues to roll on here now three weeks deep and the changes just keep coming and a lot of them for the better. Although a couple of prominent figures out there, SP3, are questioning the validity of these changes and what they're going to mean long term as far as rating success. For, for WWE. SmackDown was down a little bit this past week, but uh, the NFL had a lot to do with that because preseason football was preempting regular time slots and things of that nature. Still did close to, to two mil. It'll be interesting to see what Raw did uh, last night. But um, look, man, I think it's it's hard-pressed to find anybody in the, the hardcore viewers right now who aren't seeing what Triple H is doing on a regular basis now three weeks in and, and not genuinely enjoying the changes that have been made. Yeah, because he's focusing on the one word that the Vince McMahon never wanted to focus on, and that's the actual wrestling in world wrestling entertainment. He cared more about the entertainment word more than the wrestling world, and Triple H is putting a focus on it. And what we got was a three hours of television that was actually, you know, okay to go through we had some good (laughs) wrestling throughout the show three really good matches on that on that show um there's certain stuff that of course i can i can nitpick to death like the usos being uh complete chumps on every show they're on but Mm -hmm. uh other than that i think it's mostly positive words if you're looking for professional wrestling they're actually providing yeah i mean at, at the end of the day you know, Triple H is letting his letting his people do what they do best. He's letting them cook. He's letting them go out there and put on bangers. Like, you are never going to see me complain about getting to watch Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre put on the art that they did last night from promo to the disqualification. And we'll talk about the DQ coming up here a little bit in the five count. But, man, like, I don't know how you can watch that. That unfold the promo exchange to the match that they put on and go, we're watching the same show. And there are people out there who are going, we're watching the same show and calling us marks for, for enjoying the, what we were witnessing last night, as opposed to what we were watching before triple H took over. We'll dive into all of that. Uh, one, uh, prominent superstar on the blue brand, man, you want to talk about getting a phone call from the governor 
right? Like you are in the chair, you are strapped down, you are about to get the switch thrown on your ass, and you are about to get cooked and not in the good way. And now all of a sudden you have new life. Last second, you have new life. We're going to talk about uh, the what could have been the unfortunate future of Gunther uh, coming up there. We're going to do something we've never done on this show because with a lot of ebbs and flows of the new creative process, you've noticed some superstars whose stock is up, some superstars whose stock is down. Uh, SB3 and I are going to reverse some roles here. Usually I'm Mr. Positivity and he's the uh, pessimist, uh, but we're going to flip roles here. We're going to do stock up, stock down, talk about that DQ ending. Also got some news on the WWE draft that's going to be coming up. And SP3, I will ask you the question that you are probably most excited to answer. Are we really ready for what is set to go down tomorrow night? We'll also look ahead toward NXT uh, tonight as well. Lots to get into. We appreciate everybody who is tuning in and chiming in. Safet and Josh and Queen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, before we dive deep into the show today, got to thank our friends, of course, at Bet Online. They're the reason we're here. The fastest, easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and even the ones with the first to market odds and lines. They're there. Find the reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. It's all there. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource. For all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures, head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device. Let's be honest, you're on it anyway right now. Join today, make your first bet, and do it using our promo code BELIEVE50. That is B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. NSP3, we will start with the game as he continues his, his makeover here. And they had the big uh, second quarter call today with Nick Khan and Stephanie and, and Triple H, and they're all talking about the bright future that is ahead for WWE. Yeah, obviously they had to touch a little bit on the uh, Vince McMahon payments and clean some things up with that, but let, let's get let's keep the good vibes train going here. Triple H said something that was that I that I, I loved to hear in the fact that he's talking about WWE now has a, a great chance, and I'm paraphrasing here, a great chance to create one compelling stories, but also compelling characters, which was not really the tune that we heard prior to Vince McMahon's exit to where the message coming out of WWE was, oh, well, with Vince out of the way, we might not be able to create the kind of superstars that Vince McMahon himself has created in the past. Now we hear Triple H talking about, look, we're going to have compelling stories. We've got a chance to create some really compelling characters as well. It's very exciting. Obviously, he is focusing on all aspects of it. But again, alluding to what you talked about earlier, man, I think the biggest and most positive change that we have seen from WWE programming so far has been the, the, the W, the main W in WWE wrestling. Hell, we had Drew McIntyre last night say, you're a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. F it. Throw the mics down and let's wrestle, right? Like Daniel Bryan, like probably got off on what he heard Drew McIntyre say uh, last night if he was watching the show. And that's been the biggest thing, man. And I know we'll get to what Vince Russo said on Twitter coming up here. We don't usually talk about uh, what Vince Russo has to say, but I, he did uh, ask a fairly compelling question, so we'll dive into it. But anybody who's out there saying that, like, 
a, a better focus on wrestling isn't better for the wrestling company. That's something I just can't get behind. I, I don't I don't understand that philosophy and watching guys like Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens go out there and put on a 20 minute banger, even though it ended a disqualification, getting a very, very a good women's tag team match uh, to kind of open the show up a little bit last night. And then a main event of theory and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. You don't have the, you know, the marquee of like AJ styles and Bobby Lashley in opening up that 10 o'clock hour last night in the United States title match. But still, man, that was a hell of a way to, to end the show. I wish the audience was a little bit more invested in it. But, I mean, if you're going to put a bigger focus on wrestling for a wrestling company, that's a seems like a no-brainer to me. Um, I mean, what Triple H is saying, it sounds all great, but you, 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 you left out one point about what WWE said. WWE said, uh, you know, the departure of Vince McMahon is going to hurt the company uh, making popular characters and and creative storylines in an SEC filing. So it's it's a twofold with that, with the fact that they put it into their quarterly their quarterly uh, filing is that they are trying to lower the expectations because at the end of the day, like I said, when Vince McMahon, you know, retired and Triple H took over it's not necessarily an incentive to really change things because they're making hand over fist money. They're making their money from NBC universal. They're making their money from, from Fox. They're making their money from Saudi Arabia. There's nothing really he can do that will damage anything that they're doing as far as making money or improve uh, the way they are making money, honestly. So he didn't really have an incentive to do the changes that he's doing, but he still did it because he wants quality quality wrestling because he is himself triple h a wrestler so that's why we're getting you know a better quality of wrestling i made the analogy earlier today and i'll make it here he based triple h inherited this beautiful this beautiful house that is looks great on the end on the outside it's making money for the person and he inherited and then he walked inside and it's got broken down couches broken down furniture and he just needs to basically do an interior design and not only that not only does he need to do an interior design he needs to go to the dumpster around back and pull out some chairs that were really good that just the <laughs> old the old person in charge didn't find use of he's like this chair right here man this is a two-fold chair that got carrying cross and scarlet bordeaux on it. Let's bring that back inside. Let, you know, this Let's chair refurbish right this. Here, Who put this, this red leather here, on it? This chair right here got creepy eyes. Let's put a Destin Loomis chair back inside. Uh, <laughs> let's, like, you know, let's get this threefold, this threefold couch of top dollar Ashanti the Adonis and B B Fab. Let's throw that inside and put it in the tag team wrestling corner. So yeah, he's been doing that very well. He's reshaping the roster how he wants to see it, filling some holes that have been there, and he's yeah. been doing a good job at that. But I do also understand the people that are asking the question question is it really gonna long term you know help the company grow and you know a lot of people are putting a lot of credence on the ratings right now this is the honeymoon period like in yeah. a lot of ways to compare it to aew it's like the first month or two after cm punk arrived there was that excitement and that honeymoon period where they were running off million you know a million viewers every single wednesday night for a time and then 
those viewers kind of fell off. There's going to be some fall off. There's going to be some going back, you know, back to where it was, especially as we go into September for Monday Night Raw when it's going against Monday Night Football. We got to understand that that's going to happen. So them putting that statement in the SEC filing is basically lowering the expectations. So if it does go back to where it was, we could be like, see, this is what we were talking about. And if they do improve on that, they could be like, whoa, we we definitely went above expectations. So it's a very smart move on their part. Yeah. And, you know, we alluded to it. Uh, Vince Russo uh, doing what he uh, typically does. And he's very, very good at, en- at getting people to engage with him, uh, both on his shows and and on social media, he he asked a question. He asked plain and simple, you know, as a shoot, I'm really trying to understand uh, why there are some who think Triple H's Raw is an improvement over Vince McMahon's. Outside of him bringing an NXT talent back, what is the difference in the show? Truly looking for your thoughts uh, to understand. Thank you. And then, of course, people hit him with, you know, the, the fairly obvious answers putting an onus on 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 mid-card championships making those feel important actually focusing on the the in-ring product and letting his talent cook to where uh Vince Russo then said um due to the comments I've ever seen thus far I can see from a wrestling aspect how you feel the show has gotten better but thus far there is nothing here that is going to draw and keep the casuals. There's that dreaded C word. If they tuned in for the wrestling, they would already be watching. To which I would counter, maybe not, because we haven't seen a whole lot of wrestling on WWE in recent weeks. There were some times where we'd get, what, maybe 20 minutes in a three-hour show of actual, honest-to-good wrestling? So again, I would I would argue that if you are more of a hardcore fan of wrestling, maybe you are more apt uh, to tune in now. Um, but again, Vince's main argument here in a series of tweets is that they're not focusing enough enough on story and what's going on in between the actual wrestling to keep the casuals and to have any sustained long term success. To which I will say, okay. I understand where you're coming from, and I will actually buy into that a little bit because there are people that I would like to see some actual stories surrounding. I would love to see them actually do something with Raquel Rodriguez, who when was the last time she caught a promo? Nobody on the main roster knows anything about her other than she's tall, she's strong, and she likes to smile and show off her back. Like That has been her entire character since she has been brought up to the main roster. And even though she's a baby face, not a lot of people are getting behind her because they don't know who she is or what she's about. She's in the women's tag team tournament. That's great. They're doing something with her, but are they really doing something with her? I'll say the same for Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Like, okay, they're they're basically Bianca's backup and are probably going to lose in the semifinals next week uh, to, to Bailey's crew. Uh, Sky Kai, and then they'll have that six-woman tag team match in, in Cardiff. But are you really doing anything with them right now, other than them just kind of being involved in somebody else's story arc? So there is more of that that I would like to see. But also at the same time, if you're not focusing on the story aspects of what they have been doing, are you really even paying attention to what's what's been going on? There has been great improvement, especially from the promo standpoint to actually get people compelled and get people interested in what people are actually saying on the show. 
and case of it, we'll go to this uh, a lot last night because it was just so spectacular. Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre stole the show on Monday Night Raw last night with their promo exchange with KO coming down saying, oh, you only mentioned my name after I after I showed up here on stage. How convenient is that? Talking to Drew McIntyre. And then he's like sitting here talking about, look, I've been gone for a while. Uh, you can talk about carrying the load of 20 dudes all you want. We all know that's a load of crap. I used to be a prize fighter. I'm reinventing myself. I'm going back to the guy that I used to be saying everything that we want to hear. And then Drew comes back at him and is just shouting in his face at the top of his lungs, calling KO out for his BS. And then they put on that 20 minute banger. Like if you're not focusing on some of that, I really got to question whether or not you're paying attention to the show. And I will also argue this. When it comes to the hardcore audience, why does it feel like that tends to be the the back burner? What like nobody talks about you need to appease your your P1s. Radio, we call them the P1 audience. Why is it always those guys have to take the back burner and we have to appeal everything to the casual audience? occasionally you just got to reward the people who watch your show on a regular basis. Yes. I understand you can't survive without the casual audiences, which is why you bring in the Logan Pauls and the bad bunnies of the world every now and again to draw an eyes to your big mainstream shows like WrestleMania and SummerSlam, because the idea would be, all right, we're going to bring in these, these casual eyes and hopefully turn them into long-term wrestling fans. That's how you grow the product, Right. So on a regular basis, why not appease your hardcore audience by giving them more of what they want? Wouldn't that better sustain business as well? And then why are we always looking at this from an audience standpoint? How about we look at it from an employee standpoint? You, 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 you see the reports from Fightful Select and so many others that the backstage morale is so much better now in WWE and that some of these people are getting to go out and do what they have wanted to do, which is put on great wrestling matches. These guys start in the business because they love professional wrestling and they love going out there and performing. They're getting to cut better promos. They're having free range uh, promo abilities. That's going to make better morale. Means they're having more fun on screen. Means the audience is going to like it more means you may might be able to pull some more people in uh, from from outside of the business to come back to WWE because things have been better backstage and they got more creative freedom. And we things that we've heard people complain about and nauseam over and over and over again. Just doing some of these changes that Triple H has has made already in the long term is going to create more success. So while I do agree with Vince on a certain standpoint of, yes, focus more on stories, I'm all for that. But these guys who sit here and say just focusing, like putting an onus on the wrestling in a wrestling company because I'm they don't understand that because they're not match guys. I've I've heard multiple older people say I'm not a match guy. Then you're not a wrestling guy. You're a, you you go watch Days of Our Lives because if you take wrestling away from a wrestling company, it's a it's a soap opera. That's what it is. It's a male generated soap opera with combat fighting in it and it's awesome and that's what makes it great yes focus more on the stories but i think to just sit here and say that's the only thing you need to focus on i think that's the wrong way to go uh it also is the wrong way to go to just focus on the wrestling and i think that uh although i hate to say it vince russo does have a point here that 
there is something lacking from Triple H's approach for all the, you know, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens feud in NXT, you know, the story of DIY. After the story of DIY kind of concluded the first part in 2019, all NXT really focused on was wrestling. And it was good, but when it went up against another very good wrestling show, it failed. So, and it's it's something that a lot of, you know, the critics and people that have been in the business say about AEW. AEW does what you're talking about, which is catering to their P1s, catering yeah. to the hardcore wrestling fans. But it's always asking the question of how can they grow that audience? And yes. that's why the audience hasn't really grown is because they cater so much to that P1 and they don't have a lot of the storytelling, a lot of the stuff that I see on like the BTEs that I want to see on AEW Dynamite. You don't always get that because they're trying to fit in so much of the wrestling portion of it. So I can understand if he's trying to put the spotlight on Triple H being like, we do want some story to it and you you know you're putting the spotlight on drew mcintyre and kevin owens but i would have liked some promo work from aj styles and bobby lashley they did a good job with the video package to hype up that match but that match was very good as well and we got no promo work from either guy going into that we got a little bit of promo work and a good brawl and i feel like that's been that's kind of becoming a crutch i think we're a couple of weeks away from from it becoming too obvious to more people. But I think that's a crutch for Triple H and his booking is that he just says, oh, go two guys, go out there and brawl. And that's how he continues to tell a story between the two. I just want a little bit of focus. And I think with the stories that he has been trying to tell since he's been in control of creative, we're going on week four now, uh, you know, with Dexter Loomis and the whole thing going on, that's intriguing. That's interesting. But I'm sorry, I'm not very much invested in it because I know the end game involves Dexter Loomis. I'm just saying, <laughs> when, when that's the person who's the main character of, of something that you, you are making at least interesting with the little Easter eggs, like his arm coming through and going through the door while Dolph and uh, Theory are, you know, brawling and a whole can fire or garbage fire and stuff. I'm just saying at the end of the day, once this interesting part is over, I have to watch Dexter Loomis wrestle a wrestling match. That's not, I'm not going to be that interested in this whole story. And I think he should be doing more with, with Bailey's group. I feel like they are, they are getting very, uh, very on the buzzword, the buzzword of control. They're trying to get control. What the hell does that mean? We are now three weeks into this group. What the hell is their point? Why are they together? We still haven't really gotten an explanation of that. They gave them promo time last week. Didn't really answer that question. I really still don't understand. And I would love for them to use their past in NXT more since we have a guy that loved NXT. Use some of that. He used that as the reason that they've come together. They yeah. just keep using the buzzword of control. So I think that it's a, you can you can sit in the middle and you can be like, yes, I'm happy 
happy for getting more wrestling on my wrestling show because that's why I'm watching it. But you can all also point out the you know the spotlight of they are not focusing too much on the story aspect of it. And you know I haven't even talked about where it's a complete fail and the biggest obstacle of this new regime, which is the SmackDown Women's Championship situation with Liv Morgan. That's where I'm at, and that's where I put the biggest spotlight of Triple H does still have work to do. Yes, absolutely. But I'm I'm looking at this as like a car restoration, right? Like, and I'm talking like I just bought uh and I'm not I'm not a car guy, but like let's just say I bought like a 69 Camaro, been around forever. This thing is a classic, used to be great, and now all of a sudden it's a rusted out shit box, and I gotta build this thing up from the inside out. And I think that's where Triple H is at right now, where he is focusing on the, the the bare bones, the foundation of making this a great wrestling company again is focusing on the in-ring work, knowing which guys that he can go to, and then kind of building out from there. It's also a lot of work to build from the ground up, and it's going to take some time. So, yes, we can sit here and, and pick our way through it and say, yes, he needs to do a better job with Bayless Group. Yes, he needs to do a better job with Liv Morgan. I think there's no question about that. Yes, I mean... I would love for, again, like I said, more from, from Raquel. Can we please do something else with Shotzi now? Maybe even if it's just something as simple as get her tank back. I know her tank's been floating around there on social media, so I don't know if she's allowed to gonna get her personality back. What the hell's going on with Butch, a.k.a. P. Dunn? We haven't seen him since Triple H took over. Could there be a repackaging there? Dominic Dijakovic is, is sitting here saying, oh, I, I feel like my time is now. Okay, where the hell is he at? Leo Rush is tweeting out photos of him standing next to Lashley. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot that's going to be going on here. But at the same time, if you've noticed, anybody who has watched these shows on a weekly basis, and I mean all of them, not just people who, the only reason they watch WWE is they get paid to watch one show and then talk about it, right? If you watch, If you listen to the people who watch this every single week, all seven hours of live television, what has been the what has been the common theme or feeling amongst all of these people? The show has been significantly improved since Triple H took over. Significantly, even with all this stuff that he still has to work on. So, yes, I agree with you. I agree with Vince Russo. You can always focus more on stories. But to sit here and say that the show hasn't improved under Triple H. You're, you're, you're pulling a bird box at this point. You got the blindfold on and you're not paying attention. Uh, we, I know there's a ton of uh, people who have been chiming in in the chat. Uh, sorry, we've been going on a diatribe here. I'll try to, to dive into those uh, coming up here. Uh, well, actually, right now, uh, Slam and Sammy Joe says uh, Dexter Loomis's could lead to the return of Johnny Wrestling. I maybe possibly uh, Noob also saying my God, my goodness, Dexter Loomis is uh, is something else right now. I am intrigued by the Loomis thing, and I still feel like. Um, he's not the central figure. I, I still feel like there's something else that's going to be involved with him because Dexter has never been the main focus of, of really anything. So I am intrigued to see what that's going to, to end up being. And it definitely has my attention. And again, that that's just some more story. That's all storyline. You want more focus on storyline and to get people invested in asking questions. Triple H has done a hell of a job with the Dexter Loomis stuff uh, two weeks in now. So uh, there is that. 
Um, Frantic World asking, do you guys think that the Triple H taking over WWE honeymoon stage is about to be over? Um, no, I don't think it's going to be over anytime soon. I think as long as he is continuously bringing people back in and refreshing things, man, it might not be over for several months. I mean, several months. I think, I think December, probably right around Survivor Series, December and January leading into the Royal Rumble. WrestleMania season, everybody's going to be hyped for that. Everybody's going to be hyped for the Rumble. They're going to be hyped for a WrestleMania in Los Angeles. Hell, look at the amount of tickets that just got sold for WrestleMania. In one night, they sold 90,000 tickets. Now, I'm assuming that would be roughly 45,000 for each night. That would be my guess. All right. I don't think they would have sold 90,000 for both nights because that's almost a complete sellout in 24 hours. But here we are, nine months out, don't even know a match that's going to be going on at SoFi Stadium. And they have sold 90,000 tickets. This is WWE doing good business and striking while the iron's hot because there has never been more optimism around the product than there has been right now in the last decade. So, yes, run this launch party right now. Put your tickets on sale for SoFi Stadium right now. And they sold 90000 out the gate, and they are already printing, printing a lot of money. Um, to which case, I'm looking at that going, all right, they've already sold 90000 does that mean they really need to focus on putting on a good show or is this thing just going to sell itself? But I agree with you. I think Triple H is going to be in that mindset of, all right, these people have bought bought these tickets. Let's go out there and put the best show on possible for them. But I think that that December, late November, December, early January stretch, that is going to be the first big test for, for Triple H because that is always a down period because people are just, okay, Survivor Series is behind us. Let's get to freaking WrestleMania season. So I think that's going to be the first big test for him. First big test is going to be the buildup to Survivor Series because I, you say December. I say the down period starts after because they care about the Saudi <laughs> shows and that's on November 5th, but they usually don't care about Survivor Series. So if he can make an onus to make Survivor Series important again, that will be a test. For him. I, I've, I've got one way. Uh, that right right off the bat and this is something that i have not been able to get out of my mind since triple h took over somebody mentioned it on twitter and i haven't been able to get the fact out of my mind that we might actually get a main roster war games match like if you turn survivor series into the spot for war games now sign me the hell up like this battle for brand supremacy bs needs to go by the wayside uh nobody cares about that Everybody, it's a running gag now at this point that you can see SmackDown superstars on Raw and vice versa. Even Drew McIntyre cut a joke on that last night, which he's very underrated funny, by the way. Like, he is legitimately a funny dude. Um, but the battle for brand supremacy, nobody gives a shit about that. It's too close to the draft. Even if they do the draft in September, it's too close. Go back to the old days of blood feuds, man. Like, if you, if she's healthy, which it, that's a big if, if you could give me like a team Becky versus a team Bailey inside war games, sign me the hell up. And same for if you could come up with somebody for the guys, like if Kevin Owens puts together a group against, I don't know, pick somebody against the bloodline, whomever, whatever the feuds they're going to do, sign me up for that, please. I think that would be a great and easy way to spice up Survivor Series is make that war or just retire the pay-per-view altogether because I said that should have gone away with The Undertaker personally. That, that's just me. 
But as far as the 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 honeymoon period, do you think that right around November that might be, you know, when it comes to an end, depending on who he brings back, because we feel like there's still a lot of big fish out in the free agent market that are going to be coming back sometime soon. Let's be honest. Would Sasha Banks and Naomi be appearing on the green carpet for She-Hulk last night together if they weren't going to be coming back sometime soon? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I think that's a positive sign. I mean, it could be a positive sign for for that, but uh, I mean, I think they are coming back. I don't think that's a sign, though, <laughs> that they're coming back or they're coming back together. I don't think we should take too much Otis in in that. I think that Sasha Banks got a name that would get her on the on the red carpet, regardless of her association with WWE. Jay saying once September happens, my interest in wrestling just goes away. I want that to change. I feel like a lot of people that it, it changes for a lot of people because they have the NFL that they can focus on. The NFL is competition for everybody. And Monday Night Raw is going to lose audience to Monday Night Football. That's just what happens. That's part of the game. Unfortunately, uh, they got to they got to work on that. Um, it's just something that they're going to have to deal with. So they got to give you reasons to tune in. And I think one of the changes, one of the very underrated changes uh, that Triple H has been making so far is the fact that they're actually promoting matches a week or two weeks out and they're sticking to them. They're actually promoting what's coming up on the show, getting people excited about it. They're not waiting until 45 minutes before the show starts to announce the same three fucking rematches that we saw uh, the week prior. So I think a lot of that. Uh, is working in their favor uh, guys make sure to give us a thumbs up there make sure to subscribe if you haven't already we appreciate you guys making uh, us a part of your day we're already starting to run long here we got a lot to get into uh, including the five council let's speed things up here a little bit I do want to talk about this report WrestleVotes tweeting out that Gunther had uh, apparently fallen out of favor uh, surprise surprise another NXT stud uh, falling out of favor with Vince McMahon and those in charge of creative after his July 4th appearance on raw. I don't know what the man could have done, uh, to, to um, hell. He could have sneezed in front of Vince. I don't, I don't freaking know, but the, the presentation of Gunther has been damn near perfect since he's been brought up. And that starts back to when Vince was in control of the company. I do find it interesting that WrestleVote says Gunther was set to be buried following that July 4th appearance on Raw. There was a burial in progress, is what WrestleVote said. And then Triple H takes over. And right around the same time, that's when that whole I'm going to beat the shit out of Ludwig Kaiser thing suddenly stopped. Right? It just suddenly went away. So maybe that was what they were talking about is Ludwig was going to cost. There was going to be a split. You said it was going to be a split. That's what they were leading to. Maybe he cost him the IC title whatever the fact that you hear that right that gunther was set to be buried and now he's been featured prominently just had a main event match on smackdown with shinsuke nakamura which people are saying was the best nakamura match in years at this point which again isn't saying something because they don't really focus on wrestling uh, back in the day but now they do we're getting a great match with shinsuke nakamura and gunther man when you hear stuff like that like i can't just help but just go Thank God, right? <laughs> Thank God this happened. Like I said earlier, Gunther was in the electric chair. Vince is about to pull the damn switch. And then we get the call from the governor that says, oh, hey, sorry, I'm in charge now. No, yeah, no, uh, Gunther's cool. Pull, pull him out that electric chair. Just hearing stuff like this, man, it just. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God that Vince McMahon ain't in charge anymore. 
makes people, you know, more say that it's a breath of fresh air that Triple H got to take over. I mean, I'm not surprised. Vince McMahon is so so flippant with how he feels about people. One week he could be like, Gunther is the best guy. He's a future main eventer. And then the next week he'll be like, you know what? Uh, changed my mind. He, he he isn't that good. That segment with R Truth wasn't that entertaining. It was a very forgettable segment, and that that will hurt you when it comes to Vince McMahon. You he gives you a big push, and then you get injured. You're injury prone. You, that could be your first injury of your whole entire career, Finn Balor, and he will call you injury prone and yep. never push you to that level again. So yeah, that's how Vince is. All right, we're running out of time. Let's dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Regardless of uh, Gunther's situation, pretty much staying uh, flat at this point because he has been pushed uh, rather heavily since coming up, Triple H keeping that where it is. We have seen superstars who have seen their stock shoot up. We've seen some that have seen their stock shoot down. SP3, going to do something here we haven't done before. We'll play stock up, stock down. You're going to focus on the positives here. And frankly, I think you volunteered to choose this one because there were a lot of options because a lot of people's situations have improved here. So give us three people whose stock is up since Triple H taking over. No, I actually chose to do this because it was too easy for me to say stock is down. For, for I, I pay, I automatically once you ask me, I was like, oh, I already know the three people. It's really harder, harder for me to say stock is risen. I mean, the the people that come to mind are really easy when it comes to stock risen, especially on Raw. Kevin Owens uh, going back to the prize fighter and having that great promo and great match against Drew McIntyre, Champa. Uh, with him an added importance on his relationship with The Miz and them being in a nice tag team matchup last night. Of course, the last couple of weeks with his U.S. Uh, championship stuff has been really good. And I would actually say Gunther, because like you said, he was in the in the electric chair and it was not looking good. They've taken away the whole him beating the crap out of Ludwig Kaiser. And now they're going to focus on him being the dominant champion that he was in NXT UK. So those are the people that I think stock is risen. Uh, I, I'd throw Lashley uh, in there as well. Um, I think anybody- I don't. I don't. It's just Lash. They he's just letting Lashley be the Lashley that Vince established him to be. They haven't given him any story, so I can't say his stock has risen. That's fair, but there. Ha- so maybe the stock would probably be more on the United States Championship and the Intercontinental Championship because they are definitely getting featured more prominently. Yeah, that's that's what I said. You said superstars. If we're talking about enough. what has risen, it would. Yeah, the the mid card championships would definitely be in there too. But as far as superstars, I can't say Lashley stock has really risen. Yeah. Uh, I got the uh, the stock down draw here, uh, and let's start with a team that you brought up earlier, and that would be the Usos. I know they are still the undisputed tag team champions of the world. They still run with Roman Reigns. They are still in the bloodline. Everything is great there. But, man, these guys, the last couple of – I'd say just the last couple of shows, the last few shows. And, again, probably about half the time that Triple H has been in charge because it's only been three weeks – they they have turned into the tag team chumps uh in situ like just this past week on friday they lost a tag team match after whooping the the street profits in two banger matches triple h books them to lose a tag team match to drew mcintyre and and madcap 
Moss. Um, yeah. So I know this was set up to make Drew look like a really strong, credible challenger and everything like that. Okay, that's fine. Uso should have won the damn match. They they Riddick Moss was there. Beat Riddick Moss and then have Drew stand tall. That would be fine. Uh, and then again, last night they they get their they got their butts whooped twice last night by Drew McIntyre. Once before he got a stunner, and then once after he got a stunner. What are we doing? Okay, their booking definitely has taken a stock down. Uh, another one would be Lacey Evans, who has completely and utterly disappeared. They said on commentary that, hey, uh, she's injured. She can't compete against Aaliyah. Didn't cut her usual promo. Under Vince McMahon, she was getting heavy TV time. She was getting heavy mic time. She was definitely getting set up for, for a big push. They had her doing media rounds. Hell, I got to talk to her. That interview's still up right now. It was really, really good. Uh, again, her return got botched. Again, extenuating circumstances around the Sasha Banks and Naomi part as SP3 gets a foot on his back right now. Ah, uh, dad life. You got to love it. <laughs> but now she has completely disappeared, and no one seems to know when she's coming back, if she's coming back, what the hell is going on. Uh, and then I will say right now, it is kind of a toss-up. It's kind of a toss-up because I still think that Liv Morgan's push is there. I still think she's going to be pushed, and I expect her to still be SmackDown Women's Champion after Clash of the Castle is over, but her booking needs to be better, right? It needs to improve, but I could say that before Triple H took over, so if anything, she's just even keel for me. The other person I'm going to say is Ezekiel, and I'm not necessarily saying the guy behind Ezekiel, I'm saying the character Ezekiel, I think they straight up murdered him and wrote him off uh, this past week. Absolutely hilarious uh, family photo and promo with Ezekiel and Elias and Elrod and, and Papa, whatever the hell his name was. And then they had grandma and then they had the super Ernie Jr. Ernie Jr. Yeah, all this. That was hilarious. But commentary basically said it's going to be a long time before we see Eli uh, Ezekiel back. I don't think we're ever going to see Ezekiel back. I think Ezekiel is just going to go and fade away and be done. And then maybe he grows the beard back. Maybe not. But at least Monday's little segment, comedy segment, gives me hope that the guy behind Ezekiel still has a future in WWE, even if it's going back to just being uh, Elias at the end of the day. If I had to choose an object, I'd say the 24-7 title. I think that thing is slowly fading out of oblivion. I, for a second, I thought they got rid of it last night because Dana Brooke, the first time she was on screen, didn't have her championship, didn't have the title at all. I'm like, oh, did they do it? And then, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, guys are talking too soon. Wait till she has a match and she doesn't come out with it. Right, like, exactly. A segment, uh, you know, it didn't even make sense for her to have it there when it's about the tag team titles. You don't want to focus on one title when you're trying to get over another one. Absolutely. Number three here on the uh, five count. Are you okay with McIntyre and Owens ending in a DQ last night? I think everything was perfect leading up to the ending. A lot of people didn't like the ending. A lot of people pissed off uh, with that ending. So what was your thoughts on that real quick? 
Uh, that was the only decision to make. When you put a matchup with Drew McIntyre, who's the number one contender for Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle, versus Kevin Owens, who you're trying to rebuild his entire character back to the prize fighter, DQ finish was the only finish to do. I, I think that everything about it was great, excluding that finish. That was the right decision, and especially with KO getting the upper hand after the matchup. The only part of it that I didn't like was the Usos looking like chumps again. Other than that, perfect. Yeah, there was no problem. Like, seriously, again, with, with McIntyre, he confirmed he's got a bad back. He just went through a war with Kevin Owens, and he just got stunned. Him beating up the Usos after all of that didn't make sense. I know you're trying to make him look like Superman, but he he he's already pretty damn super. I agree with you. The DQ was the only the, the absolute right decision here. This is when DQs make sense. The problem is people still have a sour taste in their mouths about disqualifications, but that has everything to do with the man before Triple H and not the regime now that Hunter has taken over. Uh, we did get a report from Fightful Select uh, that the WWE draft might be happening sooner rather than later this year, and that has nothing to do with people in charge thinking that that's what the talent seems to think, uh, that early September after Clash at the Castle, we might be getting the WWE draft, which is good because SmackDown still needs some reinforcements. They still got some work to do on that roster, uh, even with the additions that they have made in Carrion and Craw and Scarlet and, uh, and Hit Row now. They still need to balance things out. SP3, who uh, one or two superstars that absolutely need to be relocated in the draft to you? Uh, Kevin Owens to SmackDown. I feel like some of his best work has been on SmackDown brand. I would say other than his whole run with Chris Jericho, that was the only time that he was really quality on Monday Night Raw. I think his best work uh, as a babyface was on the SmackDown brand with that feud against the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. And he got Sami Zayn there. If he wants to go on his prize fighting uh, yes. you know, run and be a tag team champion, and if he's going to be more of a Shades of Grey type of character – Rather than a heel, Sami Zayn and him teaming up and beating the Usos is what everybody wants to see. So they can yes. definitely do that and get that done. And um, as far as maybe the women's side, I would say Raquel Rodriguez needs to be on Raw. I think there's just more options for her to work with. And she can potentially become the heel that she seems more comfortable as. So those would be the two I would switch. I think the the women's division definitely needs a little bit of a shakeup. I think Alexa and Asuka, whether they um, w whether they stay together as a tag team or whether they they w whichever gives them the option to get their own storylines moving forward solo wise. I think the depth on Raw is really really deep, and SmackDown maybe not so much, especially from a standpoint of audience. Um, uh, you know, being invested in those characters. It's definitely not as deep on SmackDown, especially from a baby state face standpoint. I think Oscar and, and Alexa would add a lot to the SmackDown division. And I'll throw one person who might be available after tonight. Santos Escobar. It's a SmackDown. Like, I think that is, that is a relocation that needs to happen immediately. I think he's a guy who could be a major player on the main roster. Um, you can move him to SmackDown or you can move him to Raw, but uh, either way, he needs to be on the same brand with Rey Mysterio because I think that is a feud that all of us uh, really, really uh, want to see. SP3, uh, again, we're running out of time here, but it's been teased. It's been rumored. It's been talked about. It seems to be happening. I'll give you the floor here for the next 60 seconds or so. Are you really, 
ready for what we are going to see tomorrow night. I was born ready. I had to change my name to SP3. I've been loving all the buildup to tomorrow's AEW Dynamite. I can't wait to see Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Best two out of three falls. Uh, see Tony Storm try to get some more momentum for the AEW Women's uh, World Championship. Looking forward to all those things. Looking forward to the the first official week of buildup for CM Punk and John Moxley coming up at All Out. How they're going to build out this All Out card with potential matches with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, you know Christian and Jungle Boy. But I am here for the main event. The main event should be LFI. Los La Faction Inganables, Rouge, Andrade El Elio, and Dragon Lee versus the Young Bucks. And yes, there's only one choice. The, the, the person that Hangman Page was referring to when he says the Young Bucks need a partner that has Brandon Cutler. No. Brandon no. Cutler. Is his nose is still broken? He's still wearing the mask. Keep him on the sideline. Keep him with the camera in his hand for BTE. When Kenny Omega comes out, I will be popping the inaudible pop here in the UK because I can't scream and I can't I can't go nuts, but I can't wait to see Kenny back. I've been loving how they've been building it up, especially on BTE yesterday with Matt Jackson. We heard the phone call and he asked him, are you sure? You're sure you're ready? And then yeah. they faded out with the first riff of the battle cry theme song i can't wait to have kenny omega back and it makes me very excited for the trios tournament altogether. you're gonna sound i guarantee you tomorrow night you're gonna sound like flanders when the ice cream man has his favorite uh flavor of sherbet some of you all don't understand that reference but that was damn good one for the road here sp3 will either broad breaker or mandy rose drop their respective championships tonight on nxt Quick yes or no. Big fat no. No. No, it's not. Zoe Stark, I don't think she needs the title, especially if she's going to be in this women's tag team tournament. And J.D. McDonough is J.D. McDonough. The fact that he's J.D. McDonough is the fact that if you Google his former name, you would learn a couple of things about him, and that's not who they need to be the NXT champion. So I, I, no. I would say hell no. A Braun Breaker is retaining over J.D. McDonough tonight. Mandy Rose, I give her about a nine. I, I, I give Zoe Stark about a, 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 I give her a better than a puncher's chance to win tonight. Um, but maybe she's getting brought up because she's got a big match on SmackDown uh, and the NXT, uh, or excuse me, the main women's uh, tag team title tournament on Friday. Maybe her and Nikita are coming up here soon. Who knows? Uh, but I would say both are going to retain. Thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in today and listening to all uh, 49 minutes of this 45-minute podcast. I think we did pretty good today. Uh, we will be back Thursday morning, 7 a.m. SP3 will still be glowing and giggling and, and gooing and gagaing about everything that happens with Kenny Omega because it's totally going to be Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks moving on in the, in the trios tournament. Let's be honest. Who will they be fighting? That's going to be the question as we head towards all out in Chicago. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate everybody who chimed in. Wish I had more time to get to the comments because we just had a lot to get into. So I'll try to do better next Tuesday. Thank you guys so much. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.